Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. It's stunning to announce that this is our centennial episode, the podcast that everybody said was would fail, and they were all correct. Uh, (laughs) Joined in studio with me to my right is Andy Swanson, Walzer Hyundai. Brett Judice, Walzer Polar Mazda. Andy Bernard, Tom Bernard Show. And Ryan Moffat, Director of Recruiting. Chief Troublemaker, and last and least... Tommy. (laughs) We'll be right back after these exciting announcements from our sponsors. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. List it on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Thank you. 
This is sneaky music. I know, it is sneaky. Very sneaky, man. It's actually a Dolly Parton tune. That's all I got to say to you, Bobby Rush style. We are back with episode 100 of Car Selling Secrets. A lot of people say, how come you don't run walls or ads during the podcast? Well, I think after this episode, you'll know why, because the whole thing basically is a big walls or ad, which is what we're going to be talking about today. No point beating around the bush. Uh, It's the intelligent test uh, required for admission. If you can figure out what we're up to, then, then you're in. We've already had one applicant because of the... Uh, episode today. Ryan is Perfect. our recruiting director, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago. Um, I said, "Hey, man, what's going on? What are you looking for?" And he's like, "God, I just had a tough spring. And it's hard to recruit right now." And one of the issues is um, the extra money that some people that have are, are kind of gliding on. You want to talk about that and what's going? Because I don't follow it that closely. When you told me stuff, I'm like, "Wow, I didn't know that." You know what it is, when it's going to expire, what the school, lay of the land is. Take it away, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about about the employment economy right now or appointment market, however you want to say it, is is uh, the best way to describe it really is just that things are weird. Things are not normal. Things are people are being weird. And I, I think especially working in a sales environment, any customer service environment, we, we acknowledge that people are strange. That's factual. Right? Well, look at the gentleman to my right. Oh, man. <laughs> It's a good group, right? Like, just, <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. Not denying. Well, it's it's no different for people that are applying for jobs and looking for jobs either. And when you throw a pandemic in and we start throwing in unemployment benefits that are not normal, things like that, yeah. it just makes everything stranger. So um, you get less people generally applying for jobs. And I don't want to paint the picture that like this is the only thing federal unemployment benefits are the only thing impacting us. Everything's impacting us from a staffing standpoint right now. But uh, like we, we actually hear from people that we do hire, hey, you, you know what, you seem like a great person, you're really excited. Uh, you know, you're the perfect fit for the job. General manager is super excited for you. Do you have any friends? Well, I do. But they're all at home hanging out just waiting and i think that's part of the issue but i think the other thing is those a lot of those jobs were businesses that had to close during the pandemic and you know i've got four young kids they're not really at home one of them graduated but they're you know 18 to 23 all of them were in food service all of them lost their jobs and i said you're not going to sit around on your ass (laughs) and they all are working but they're doing different stuff yeah low-paying retail jobs but they're not servers and so on and so forth anymore. I had one that worked at Granite City, another one that worked at that, that movie theater out in Woodbury. We had the guy in here that owned it a little while ago. Anyway, it doesn't you matter. You know, the one who plays movies. The movie no, but one? It's, it's the draft house. <laughs> Alamo. Oh, Alamo. Alamo. That's Alamo's great. Yeah, yeah, I love Alamo. Yeah, I don't think they're open anymore. So it's just like, you <laughs> What? Know, they closed? I think they did. Yep. I don't think they've reopened. Why? Because told everybody to they shut up. They were making up. too much money, and they were making everybody else feel bad. God, I That's love that. That's usually why businesses go, go under. Give me your phone. We're putting it in a Faraday cage. <laughs> Give me it. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> As we said in the Nissan ad, that's why the Vikings haven't won the Super Bowl ever, because they didn't want to make the other teams feel bad. Same with the Alamo. That's a good point. The Alamo closed. Oh, you don't think it did? Well, they're not well, open a, yet, but they're—I mean, their website the, doesn't the website say they're closed. Still on, oh, well, there you go. Oh, so they are going to reopen. Well, so which location is this? Because they have 38 locations. Woodbury. Well, this was in Woodbury. Woodbury. There's okay. only one in Minnesota, in there. Is yeah. there? I didn't know they were chained. Hmm. Here we're, we're. Oh yeah, they're chained. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're from, probably open, and we're they're just. They're from San Antonio, next to uh, the Alamo. It is up in the air. 
Okay. They may or may not be closing permanently. Oh, really? I think they got hit pretty hard by the last year, so they're like, uh, is it even worth coming hmm. back? Well, that's, that's a lot of movie theaters, though, isn't it? A lot yes, of them may never reopen. But I think that's kind of indicative of, I, like you rightly said, it's not just the extended benefits. Yeah. There's a lot of other yeah. stuff that's going on. Well, I think the other interesting thing is that a lot of people were forced to find something else to do. Yeah. And because there, a lot of people were forced to find something else to do, they're, they're getting creative. So yeah. can I do A and B and C instead of a normal 9 to 5 or... 10 to 10 well, job, whatever it is, you, you know. know. That's interesting you mentioned that because, as you know, I'm working for Fuse Auto Tech, and, yeah. and we have employees from all over the world. Yeah. So as a recruiter for a job that really doesn't require face-to-face interaction, your candidate pool just expanded to 7.5 billion people, right. whereas before we'd have to hire them within this, the Mosquito Control District, basically. Right. right. So it is different. But let's talk about face-to-face opportunities. Face to face, huh? So like the actual like what what we're offering, like what jobs we have. Selling cars, we want to oh, hire. The selling cars, the thing that we do. <laughs> the thing that that actually we make money off of is right. what you're talking there about. You go. <laughs> that thing. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, you know the interesting thing about it is that, uh, and and Andy and Brett chime in here anytime, but even though we look at it and we say like. I don't know anything about cars or like, oh, maybe it's a tough job or maybe it's retail hours or all these different things. Like it's, it really is a fantastic industry to get into and there's pretty much endless opportunity. You just have to put a little effort forth. I, I think uh, I heard somebody say the other day that like as an employer, as Walzer Automotive Group, right? Like we, we, we ask a lot from a standpoint of, of commit, commitment, right? Like are you committed to the job? Are you committed to the work? Are you committed to the schedule? Are you committed to your team, those around you, things like that? But we also give a lot. Yeah. Like it, it's a pretty rewarding comp structure in sales. Um, I mean, buy lunches all the stinking time. You got stuff coming from the manufacturers. There's a lot of different ways to make a good living. And quite frankly, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, guys, jump in here for what your experience is managing sales staff. I, I think that, I mean, I, back to the pandemic, I, I really believe it's forced a lot of people to reevaluate, right? And yeah. they're kind of sitting back. I mean, I don't think it's just federal unemployment. No. I talked to them and they're, they're figuring out what they want in their life. And, the interesting part for me is it, it takes me back to my ruts and I think Brent's ruts and a lot of our ruts were. I was 22 and I walked in and, and the easiest way to say this is I walked into a profession where they were like, you're going to make more money than your parents this year if you're good. And if you're not, you're going to get thrown out. Now, we've become a lot kinder and gentler in that last 25 years, right? Like that we might now, be my new slogan. We now pay I might sal- try that. Yeah, but we now pay salary. <laughs> but the lovely part is, you know, like I have – I have people working for me who used to be servers, used to work at Best Buy, yeah. don't have a college degree, but really get how to take care of a customer. And they make great livings that just aren't available anywhere else. Yeah. I, I think people just don't know. right? I mean, I think it's just not something that's out there and on their radar that if you were at Best Buy before the pandemic and, and you know how to take great care of a customer, you can go from making $16 an hour to making a really good middle-class income. 100%. Tomorrow. The opportunity that exists, right, whether it's income or career path, right? So director of recruiting, director's a big title, general manager's a big title, things like that. Um, I was a stinking, like, technician. I went to school to be a technician, right? Like, like uh, th- at no point in time did 22-year-old me ever think that this is what I would be doing. And, you know, if you think of... 
you know, do you like your job? Do you, are you compensated fairly? You know, do you think you could do better elsewhere? Well, quite frankly, probably not because nobody would hire me in an HR type role having never done it before, right? Yeah, we still can't believe you're in HR. But yeah, I mean, it's I'd truly like that a out wonder. There for the record. <laughs> so, so the other really cool, an email the other really cool thing about that too is think about all the people that we've worked with in 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 21 years. I mean, these a lot of these people have gone to college for 4, 5, 6 years yeah. and they end up selling cars. And yeah. you know why? Because it's just a fun business. I mean, yeah. if you, all you have to do is like people. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it's... I, and not not to make you feel bad, but I've known Brett a long time. He's the general manager of uh, the <laughs> Polar Mazda store up in White Bear, but for a long time worked at what was the flagship at the time, the Buick GMC store. At one time, that was bigger than Toyota, and then they swapped kind of back yep. during the recession. But people always tell me when I'm trying to get them interested in in the business, they go, I don't know anything about cars. This guy at the time to my right was the top salesman in the country in the company and didn't really know anything about automobiles. I yeah, I would I would not have wanted to take a product knowledge test. <laughs> but you know, people buy from who they know, like, and trust, and they're just they just want to have a good experience. Right. They're spending a lot of money, and if you can do that with that sparkle in your eye and just like people. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal job. It's not, not a good gig for an introvert. Uh, no, no. So yeah, I'd be out. Yes, no, you, you, you've got anger issues. We I talked think you about the this. part about no like and trust. I there's think a, those were some qualifiers. There's a famous uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry David, he's got a buddy who's a Toyota dealer, and he decides he wants to oh, learn to sell cars. Yes. And he's, there's a scene, he's on the show floor with this young professional black couple, and she's really in, well, she's ready to go. I mean, you can tell as a car guy, he goes, she's going to tip. And the husband's like, oh, hang on. And so Larry David says, can you excuse me, ma'am, for a minute? Pulls him aside and says, hey, why are you effing with my S? <laughs> like, no, no, you can't. That would be tough. <laughs> no, I'd be the guy from used cars. Get in the goddamn car. Yeah, that's right. They taught the lot guy to sell. And hey, what was that? The Johnson Automotive Group, like South Dakota or something yeah, like that. The Badger, Badger commercial. Oh, that was, yeah. no, that was actually... Down in Those the awesome. southeast of Virginia. Oh, was it? For some reason, I was Great story about that. So if you're curious what we're talking about, <clears throat> Google Badger commercials. Yeah, Badger And they had sales. a little uh, robot that was dressed up like a badger, and he'd say the most outrageous stuff to customer. <laughs> he goes, wiggle room? You mean like this? Wiggle, wiggle, long, wiggle, wiggle. So the story behind that. <laughs> Senior credit, I know you got money. The dealer, <laughs> the, own, the owner of the company had the idea for those commercials. And he called the ad agency uh, that, that handled Coca-Cola and says, hey, you know, I got this idea for a campaign, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Couldn't get past the receptionist. They're no like, way. we don't do car ads. So oh, he really? found out where the CEO's country club was. Went there and met him and said, hey, you know, my name's, I don't remember his name, Ron Johnson. Got this great idea. Are you interested? And they're like, heck yeah. Would probably, in the region, it was one of the most successful ad campaigns ever because it, it really made fun of old school car people. Completely. Do these look like the hands of a mechanic? I'm on my popcorn break. <laughs> don't talk to me. Yeah, don't talk to me. Oh, God. So anyway, we, we veered a little bit there, but that's... It, People are probably Googling that right now. We did have somebody uh, uh, message me on Facebook just when the show started. She does 
a lot of the booking for the podcast, social media work, so on and so forth. She goes, I need a full-time job. Have you guys got anything? And I said, so I'll connect you with we have a couple. Cassie Schrader. Um, and her husband is a TV star, so we've got, uh, we've got a few. Actually, uh, we've got a retired DJ that's interested in uh, possibly working cool. for us and selling cars. He uh, decided that his radio career was over Friday. He was on KQ for 30 years. And I'm like, yeah, I decided I'm going to just throw it in. It's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the, the good news thing is, is he's a car nut. So the amount of like backgrounds that we hire, um, Brett, the guy that you just hired, it's like an opera singer, has like a master's degree in opera music. I don't know opera what the singer. title for that is. Do you is, know what Scott Thompson does too? He's got a master's and he was a does he seriously? Yeah, he's a trained wow. a classical singer. Wow, did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Never in a million years would I have guessed that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, we we hire just such a wide variety of right like there there's a fine line between like we hire anybody like any background any work experience any education experience like it's a pretty open industry versus the other half of we hire anybody like which is like cut off sweatpants and you know you haven't brushed your hair in a month or something which we see that too and those are not everybody good interviews we'll they're, they're generally not good interviews but like the <laughs> fact that they get to an interview still means that if you can have a conversation with us we still talk right yeah. like it may not be the perfect fit if that's if that's your idea of first impressions but uh um truly we do still like the industry is open to anybody there's but, not a requirement i think the funny part that i like because i get passionate about the industry because i yeah. look back and i you and i've talked about it here like 22 years old it was a, actually a bit of a life-changing experience for me, right? Like kind of saved your ass. It right? totally did. Like, and and the beautiful part about it is, it's just a meritocracy. Even back then, I didn't like the industry in the '90s, but it was still a meritocracy, right? If you earned it and if you did a good job, you were welcome. Thanks for explaining that to me. I didn't know what that like word meant. Emotional music behind like you speaking. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I was a little worried that you wouldn't know what that word meant. That oh, worked stop. for you. Um, so, I anyways. got an English degree from McAllister, Mister. <laughs> I, yeah, Don't be pedantic. I mean, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. You're old yes, down the pedantic. river a lot. It's a lot of drinking. Easy. You'll be okay. Um, but uh, end of the day, like it's a, it's a still a place that I just think people don't understand what it's really all about. It, Brent said best. <clears throat> if you like people, it's a great place to yeah. be. Right. Like I, after I left the car industry, I went back to school to get a political science degree and go teach. I don't want to do that. Sounds awful, right? Like I love political science. I just don't want to sit in a room with other people. And I know quite a few people that work for us in different capacities that have poli sci degrees. Yeah, it's a license. I think Will has one, right? He does. He's a poli sci major. One of my peers. He started in sales and now the director of Total Rewards has got a great career. Is doing really, really well. And yep, poli sci. You got to get rid of the man bun, though. We got to cut that. I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's really not, but sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, it's better off when it just hangs, but when you go Jon Snow, it's too far. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Will, if you're listening, we love because we kid because we love. Yeah. Remember, Will, I was on your side. Don't send a new pay plan to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Andy, can you swing by 7700? Uh, we'll be in the black room. Yeah, man, but great. Yeah. <laughs> See, how do you feel about North Dakota? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so let's talk nitty-gritty. Yeah. See, and this is the question that always comes up, and it is somewhat variable as to the answer, but if I'm a bartender yeah. and I don't want to go back and deal with drunks and get home at 3 in the morning, um, yeah. which means I'll never be a sales manager. No, I'm just I mean, kidding. It's fair. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> that's the old days. 
old days. Kind of funny, I remember actually. the old days. Yeah. <laughs> so what's a reasonable income expectation if I do a decent job in my first year selling cars at one of the Walger stores in the Twin Cities? And yeah. How does that lay out? What does it look like? <clears throat> Super fair question. So it, it's... I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask it. Maybe just the first person to ask it publicly. Yeah, it's uh, okay. All right. So um, one of the things that's different about how we pay is that we do pay a base salary, which the reason that's a good thing is that you have some stability to what you can expect, right? Because you are going to have ups and downs. You are going to have highs and lows. You are going to have like phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal weeks and months and years. And you will have other times that are a little bit slower, right? So the the nice thing about it is um, that you do have something to have that we give you, it's yours. You earned it for being there, right? Um, on top of that, we absolutely still believe that if you come in and sell 20 cars and the person next to you sells 10 cars or five cars, yeah, you absolutely deserve to make a crap load more money. Like, fact, right? <laughs> what, what, is that surprising, Andy? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm thinking of like, like I'm thinking of the variance in pay between those two guys. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, a, it's a bit. It, so I didn't go to McAllister, but is it a crap load of money? Would that be the right term? To... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's a funny question because we're always hesitant in public. But when people ask me this, I'm, I'm happy to share examples. Yeah. Right? Like the reality is you go back. I actually don't like talking about 2020, not because it was bad, but because it was so variable. There was months that were just yeah. killed you. And then there's months where everybody got rich, right? Mm -hmm. But th the reality is 2020 was its own animal. You go back to 2019, the lowest paid person in my dealership who did a full year in sales made $59,000. And how many cars did they sell a month? Uh, uh, I honestly couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Probably a dozen. I was going to say probably right? 11, 12 is my guess, yeah, right? Yeah, that guy literally is the master at, like, I'm focused. No, I'm phoning it in. Um, so anyway, <laughs> sorry. If you're in my dealership right now, you know who you are. Very, um, very so, okay. And you right. totally turned it around, by the way, so good job. But then at the other end of the spectrum, I had a person who is remarkably consistent, remarkably focused, equally talented. Yeah. Literally, that is the truth. Equally talented, remarkably focused and consistent. Made 130. Right. Yeah, has he been on the podcast by any chance? He has been on the podcast. Sorry to write him up. But but that's the funny part. So we're like I'm gonna say this right now. Literally the most talented salesperson is sitting in a pink shirt two feet to my right. Oh, Probably literally go. the best salesperson I've ever seen take a customer from A to Z with no joke. Very, very, very nice of you, but I actually hired Walzer's number one selling salesperson, you, Alex Mayhoffer. Yeah, which did. is, I mean, he's he, a he sold a freak of nature. He sold a hundred and two and a half cars in the month of May. There's car dealerships all over the U.S. that don't sell that. In his previous job, he worked at Chili's for two days and quit. He, he was a hostess. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, no, no sales experience or anything like that. And this is—it's a really cool thing about this. You don't—you just have to like people. Correct. And and people buy from who they know, like, and trust. And and it, it's so much fun. And if we could get more—and the reason we need so many more people is the car business is really good. Yeah. Record, yeah. record months, record year. I, I, I will tell you because I've worked with a lot of really good salespeople uh, when I r ran dealerships and stuff. And there is a difference between guys like Alex and you and the rest of us mere mm -hmm. mortals. I was a good car salesman. I mean, you don't get to be a general manager by being crappy at it, but I was never great. Mm -hmm. uh, and the difference is when guys like me, the normal people, when a customer says, yeah, okay, I'll take it, we're always kind of surprised a little bit at some level. 
Whereas guys like you and Alex, and I shouldn't just say guys because there's women in this club too in the Walzer world. They're just stunned when somebody doesn't buy a car from them. It's just yeah. a to- yep. and it's just a yep. small thing, but attitudinally, it's just a shift. And it's like, God, what are you so well, upset? I think one of the things they didn't, they didn't buy a car. They were here. We have cars. They have me. Why? Why wouldn't you? Well, speaking of that, women in the car business. I mean, we have a we have an awesome bunch. Of, uh, my store has the highest amount of women um, when yeah. it comes down to the salespeople. Customers comment on that all the time. Yeah, it's so cool to see all these women on the, and ladies on the show floor. Yeah, are an we interesting twenty five percent? Yeah, uh, between twenty five and thirty. Yeah, which yeah, it fluctuates a little bit, but twenty five quadruple to the normal. Right, absolutely. Yeah. It's usually five percent. So this uh, compensation, women in the um, women in automotive, right? We, we've got somebody that just started with us. I don't know, sixty days ago, maybe. And um, I remember having a conversation with her, and she it's not it's not getting into car sales is not my thing my father is in that this is alan's daughter it is it's okay it is so (laughs) it was an interesting conversation because she kept saying like i I never really thought about it it wasn't my thing i never wanted to get into it i didn't know enough which turns out she is super super passionate about honda like huge huge honda fan yeah right and not just like like Honda CRV, but like Honda F1 motorsports, like motorcycles. She's really into it. Yeah, really, really cool. First month, out of the gate, didn't know anything about it before. 25 cars, first month. 25 cars. I think I hit 25 maybe three times in my sales career before they demoted she me to management. She did it in 30 days. I know, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's crazy. Guys, we got to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back for the second half of the 100th episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Hey, it's Tom again from my friends at Profile. Let's face it, when it comes to losing weight, most of us don't care how we get there. But once we reach our goal, we end up right where we started and gain it all back. That's what I love about Profile. Profile's in it for the long haul. Profile knows that losing weight isn't always a straight line. There are lots of ups and downs. I'm so thankful my Profile coach, Danette, is there to really keep me on track when I need it most. I cannot say enough about Profile. I tell Kelly at Profile that it's changed my life, and it can change yours, too. There's no question about that. Profile has six metro locations as well as Mankato, St. Cloud, and Rochester. Don't wait. I am telling you, I absolutely believe in Profile. That is a fact. Call today or visit ProfilePlan.com for a location near you. Visit ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. Owen mentioned promo code KQRS for a special discount. ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. There was a show, God, what, what, oh, Creep Show. There was a movie that came out in 1982, it was called Creep Show, okay? And it's, I'm going, who the hell is that guy? It was Ed Harris. He was about 18. 
<laughs> My God. He was really young looking at that movie. When I was 18, everybody said Peter Frampton. And now it's Ed yeah. Harris. <laughs> yeah, you look a lot like Ed Harris. I want to be Peter Frampton. You look more like Gallagher the first time I met you. So this Gallagher. was 20 years oh, ago, yeah, and I get a call from a friend of mine who's working at the Buick store, and I'm working for Ted Turp over in Penn Avenue, and he goes, hey, Dougie, can you help me out? Uh, sold a used car out from another customer. They're really hot. you got something on your lot. Can I send somebody over to show and tell it, which is... We don't do it very often, but as a courtesy to a friend, you'll allow them to pick up a vehicle. If they sell it to the customer, then you just wholesale it to the other dealer. And I'd known Gary Schneider for just forever. I'm like, all right. He goes, yeah, I'm going to send over this guy named Brett. So five minutes later, I look up, and there's some Buick slides into the lot sideways, and there's smoke coming out of the tires. This guy gets up, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he's got a fro that looks bigger than a, a football helmet. I'm like, who in the hell is this guy? So I've heard the story about the fro a handful of times over the years, and I have yet to see it. So if anybody can produce. Come on, dude. you got to have a picture somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere. I'll I'll get a hold of Tammy. I bet she has a a Brett fro picture. I also have your passport photo from your... (laughs) Pre-treatment days. And I literally, I walk like you're into having a, a hard time standing up. Uh, so we have these meetings, breakfast meetings with ownership, and I walk into a breakfast meeting with ownership about two years ago. Andrew Walzer's in the room, and he goes, "Before we get started, I'd just like to confirm this is you." And he turns around <laughs> a picture of me with you know hair about three feet long. I'm like. Where do you get these things? By the way, this is a long a time ago, not not in recent years. No. General manager no, years. Solid thirty years. Yeah, at hey, this we'll, point. we'll hire anybody. Oh shit, we're, we're <laughs> sideways here, guys. Uh, we are. Yeah, bring your whole self to work, but your whole self shouldn't sell cars. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys a, a, a serious uh, question about inventory and stuff. We all know it's been a challenge due to the chip shortage. Uh, um, it, it's actually given us some opportunities, too. But what do you see in terms of the end of this chip deal? When are we going to get back to normal new car inventories? And I know it'll be different by brands, but tell me what you guys think. So I'd love to, but I'm asking for you, too. We're, Mazda is already uh, on the up. They are? Okay. Yeah, Mazda's done a really, really good job of managing their inventory, taking care of dealers that are selling the cars like we are. That's, nice. again, why we're looking for uh, salespeople. Okay. And Mazda's in a pretty good position. So. Yeah, I think most of them are trending up right now in terms of what's coming down the pipeline. Um, and, you know, the data I'm getting, we get from Hyundai, I talked to Chrysler this morning, I talked to our Chrysler GM, he told me the same story. They're probably looking at being back to 100% of plan by end of year okay. and wow. by Q4. That said, it's you know it's going to be tight. I think for this summer, I don't see. Sounds any like way General Motors it. is in a little bit not maybe as good a situation as far as that goes. And, but. and Ford's the brand we don't know. So like if I if I say I've heard Ford's in real trouble, it's because I've heard it, but we don't own a Ford deal. I don't talk. Well, to one of the regular listeners of this podcast bills them down in Louisville, Kentucky, and he sent pictures up of all the trucks sitting out around the speedway just you know thousands of them waiting for chips and they take one engine control module park it take it out and move the other one in so it's i think the hard part that people don't realize is not just chips right so what you know what i'm seeing is um you know there's a stretch where there's no red right because whatever they got to do to get red pigments not available either so any color you want as long as it's frankly not red uh right like and you, you see those little things rolling through the pipeline I think the manufacturers are doing a really – I hate saying they're doing a pretty good job, but they're doing a good job at maintaining the best flow they can and adapting to 
this month we're making these seven colors. This month we're making these yeah. trim models. You know, and I, I think they planned for it a little personally. Uh, real brief, we, we had a situation in May of 2020 where Palisades, one of my top selling vehicles, right, big three raw SUV, and we couldn't get top of the line ones, limiteds. And went to the rep and I said, why not? And he goes, well, the factory that makes the alloy wheels for that is in Wuhan, China, and that whole place oh, is shut down. Oh, so serious. so wow. there's no wheels that are going to be made for a while, so you're just going <clears> to <throat> get the lower trim levels. So this year, they got two upper trim levels with a few different minor variances between them, and we're always getting one. Right? <laughs> like, and uh, So I think they planned, but it's, you know, it's a ride. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, not everybody understands that. In the old days of the automobile manufacturing game, the, the, the manufacturer built everything. In fact, the Ford plant in mm -hmm. St. Paul... That's why the dam was there to provide electricity for the. They made their own paint. They actually took uh, sand out of the Mississippi River to make windshields. They had their own glass. That, that's not the way it is now. There are single manufacturers that make alloy wheels that are used by five or six different manufacturers, which is efficient. But the problem is, is that when they go down, everything's screwed up. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, everybody. Toyota pioneered just-in-time manufacturing. Yeah. It became. It became the thing that every, not just automotive manufacturer, Everybody. every manufacturer tried to copy because of their success, and it really worked great until, until it breaks this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. That's interesting. Yeah, and warehouses, people, they're coming back in style fast, I think. I, I don't think they can, though, because the, mm. the, the cost of doing that is exorbitant. It's, I don't know, we'll see. It's Out of curiosity, do you think that uh, you'll see more high volume manufacturers like like what you guys have be any more like some of the highline vehicles where it is a little more custom like more to order type stuff or is it all going to be kind of same protocol once they can get inventory back uh, i would i mean i personally think that one of the coolest things that's happened in manuf in automotive this is a really limited perspective but like Brett, I started at a General Motors store, and it was a little nuts. You could build it down to the T however you wanted. You could get any crazy combination of options. And it's hard to say this because I, I don't have an internal view, but it, it seems like the Asian brands were mostly, you know, Honda's a great example. I think Honda's yeah, the it best comes example, in, actually. It comes in four yeah. options. Please pick one. Yeah. They've had a tremendous amount of success yeah, with that, really have, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know if you're going to ever see that come back, okay. especially when they're made in Korea and Asia and Mexico or at components built all over the world and then right. assembled in Alabama. I don't know how right. they do it. Yeah. Uh, and with all the analytics, they the manufacturers know what the consumer wants. Yep. Totally. And just keep, they're just keeping it simple, and and like I said, with all this COVID stuff and everything going on right now, the chip shortage, record sales this year. Yeah, it's, it's really sales. weird to say that like global pandemic, people are closing down everywhere, like people are out of jobs, and yet we're hiring a crapload of people and we're selling more cars than we've ever sold. Right? Like it's weird to have both of those things at the it, same time. It really sentence. is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, like a day to day basis. You know, we, we had a lot of stress about it, but now after a year and a half of it, you know, I still have a good pipeline of new cars, and I have 325 used cars on the ground. I, I mean, they're still coming Cute. in. Yeah. Wow. They're wow. still going out. And we were deemed essential, so we get to stay open, and everybody kept their jobs. Heck yeah, brother. Yeah. 
I don't know if you were deemed essential. I <laughs> saw some internal memos that say. I, I, still I have, those. He still has the bad Sherry Schultz game that's framed. It's just set up in his office. Like, this is proof. Well, you know, you can always go mind. to Vegas and be a Pierre Frampton impersonator. Can you lip sync? I, I just want to be part of the recruiting team one day, and then I'm going to quit. Okay. What would you yeah. do? Uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you not know, sure hold on a second. I got to tell you, we have a stretch right in the middle of the pandemic oh when I called God. Ryan and I said, guys, we need people because we needed them. Then I go, I go, why aren't I getting people? And <clears throat> Ryan, who could say to me, honestly, he goes, I have me and Shelby and 300 like open requisitions. I'm like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. I go, so why don't you just send them all to me and I'll help <laughs> you out for a day. I called him back at the end of the day. I go, hey, are, are you two? Uh, are you two together? He goes, yeah. I go, perfect. He put me on speakerphone. He puts me on speakerphone. His number. One. I said, I'd like you to know that you should get paid one billion dollars per hour. <laughs> and uh, this his job is much harder than I expected. So, so you, were you cold calling people to try to get them to? You know, I had a whole bunch of. Why don't people. you try? You know, we've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I should have led with that. I would have gotten hung up on quicker. It was. Uh, it was a tough gig. I give you full credit. Yeah. I have no response to that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick pitch, if anybody is interested in exploring these careers, just uh, you can email me directly at Doug at Walzer.com, and I'll, I'll just connect you with one of these three people, and they can answer more detailed questions. But I'm, I'm glad that you answered with in real dollars You know what, what yeah. this job pays, because it is variable. It's hard to nail it down, but people need to have some sort of a point of reference. And, yeah. man, if, I'm, if I do a... a I won't say the worst job because that's terrible, but it's just an okay job my first year and it pays $60,000. Pretty dang good. Well, I, I think the floor is what's different too because if you go back to you know, um, 15, 20 years ago, I was good. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't Brett Judy's good, but I was good. Yeah. And I made sixty grand one year. In that year, I clearly remember making $1,200 two months in the winter and mm -hmm. making ten grand two months in the summer, and my mortgage was more than that, so that wasn't a very happy year. Yeah. Right? But... Now that it's just a much more stable thing. Yeah. I mean, sixty grand, you're not making twelve hundred and ten grand, and it's equaling out. You know, you're making forty five hundred, fifty five hundred, sixty yep. five hundred. Right. There. I think the other really cool thing is we train. Yeah. We, we yeah, come, these people come. When I started out, they gave me a list of cars that says, "Go, go, go, <laughs> get them, killer," and that was you know, literally the training. It, it's not just the training, but it's worth pointing out that like we sell cars differently. You got a right? pep talk, so, huh? That was, <laughs> I mean, like I didn't get that. Like I was like, he, "There's the lot." Well, I walk in, he goes, "Are you the FNG?" And I go, "FNG." Gee, what does that mean? And I'm starting to realize what it meant. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm the FNG. So. The new guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the new guy. Yeah, the new guy. Yeah. No, but the, the interesting thing about how we sell cars and kind of a shameless plug for working for us is that it's not like since we don't negotiate on the price of vehicle, right? We're, we're best price. What we price a vehicle is, is what you pay for it, right? Um, the what that removes from an employment standpoint is that you don't have to know, quote unquote, the art of negotiation on the price of a vehicle. Which so, when Brett and I, I mean, that was really the only training we got was how to close. Yep. Right? Yeah, I mean, like the, the OK, do you know how to close? Yeah. There is your training versus now we, we try and say, how do people want to shop? And how do people want to buy vehicles? And so we try and move and respond to what people are looking for, right? So when you think about the way that a lot of you probably shop, I buy a ton of stuff on my phone um, every day. I think I get home and there's like another Amazon box on my doorstep because my oh, wife just yeah. has everything shipped, right? Oh, yeah. We had to get a second recycling container 
which actually worked out really, really well. Good, uh, good husband win there for the. Well, here's what you do: you cut off your trash service, <laughs> dump all your trash in Amazon boxes, and leave them on your porch. Yeah, you know, that's... Christina, honey, if you're listening to this, we're not getting a second recycling container. Yeah. Cut it off. Why, why not? I mean, dude, oh. husband win. Ah, uh, that's my wisdom. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I think we already knew that. Um, oh, it, it, you know what? No I argument. appreciate the compliment. <laughs> Andy, if it makes you feel any better, it also coincided when we moved. And when we moved into our new place two years ago, the company had not yet um, taken the old bins away. So when we called and said, hey, you haven't taken the old bins away and you just delivered the new bins. And they said, oh, well, okay, well do you need any extras? And I said, yes. <laughs> so like, you know, like the quick, easy strategy of like, we're going to, we're going to get a win out of this. And, uh, my wife was super happy about it. And I really did actually very little. So <laughs> there so, wasn't a whole lot of strategy and like, let me plan this out. No, it's just a, a, a nice coincidence, but so now we're done learning about how Ryan sucks up to his wife. Let's talk back, back to training. Today. Yeah, no, describe what good. the training program actually looks like. How long is it? What do you do? Wait a minute. What's training? <laughs> like, well, you went to Brown College for radio announcing and got kicked out. Well, I know. That's fair. Never That's why you don't know what training that. is. Never finished that. Never finished high school. And never fin- I had went to college for one day. It wasn't a great academic career. How do you feel about Mazda's? Brett's looking. I am looking. <laughs> I like get in the car. You should we, should. we should have you come in and sell cars some Saturday afternoon. I think it'd be a riot. It, it, it is. Be. Yeah. Hey, you could voice over Badger commercials. Yeah, good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the the training program's eight week program, um, and the entirety of it is it's a balance. It's mostly done in store with your team, with your general manager, with your sales manager, but you also do get a good deal of time outside of the store so that you can actually focus on some process things. Um, When you think of process versus product, product has to be owned and managed by the store, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can't corporately, collectively centralized teach you Hyundai and Mazda and Toyota and all these different things, right? So the product side comes from the manufacturer and from the store. Um, and it's all there. And the interesting thing about the the product knowledge training when you think about it, because again, that's that's one of the, I'm not a car person, I'm not mm-hmm. a car guy, I'm not a car guy, I don't know anything about this. The manufacturer also wants you to know about the product that that could be because from a Hyundai standpoint, like what do they do? They sell cars and they sell parts. That's it, right? So they want the people that are representing the brand to know about the brand, et cetera. So there's a lot of training that is available, and so much of it is so easy. The same thing that that you care about in your vehicle. How do I connect my Bluetooth? Does it have the stereo that I like? Am I familiar with the buttons? Are the same things that you have to learn about? It's less about well, I, I don't know. Andy, Brett, like how many times do you see your salespeople like popping hoods and things like that on, on the, like it's just, you know, talking about horsepower and how the engine works and stuff like that. It's just not as, it's not as prevalent of a conversation anymore. They want to know all the features and yeah. benefits, the safety features right, and, right. And, the, and the fun stuff. So it's got all the safety features. So does this one like, the, like does it beep at me if I cross the lane? Does it vibrate oh, yeah. the seats? Like, you know, those are the things that I think 
you know, people probably are asking, and uh, you guys are the experts at you know, it. So. It's funny that you mentioned that. We were working on some new specials design, and we're talking about what are the salient features that customers want to know about, and what has nobody ever asked in the history of the car business. And manufacturers will publish everything. Yeah. When was the last time somebody asked you what the turning radius was of a vehicle? <laughs> can't remember. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, right? And hip room. Every once in a while. Maybe twice <laughs> in 21 years, okay. maybe. Oh, man. It's, so, it's, it's weird. Been a they publish time. all this stuff like customers are act all it does is it just clouds up what customers really want to know about which yeah. is kind of what you're talking about well but i mean go back to vehicles from 1980 1970 even 1990 there were less things to advertise that's right right like there was just far less to actually advertise because vehicles had less crap on them yeah there was far less technology far less safety feature far less anything i mean now you've got like i i sold cars for a brief period of time in like 08 09 and i remember um, one of like the selling features was like the, the the material on these seats, these cloth seats, is sixty percent recycled material, right? Like, oh well, okay, all right. The cup holders were also a quarter inch deeper well. than the previous model, so your your cup or your coffee would stay. Wow, that's a benefit because I always hated those shallow copy. Uh, copy we, had, we had this lady come in this week, and uh, they were literally. Uh, says, yeah, my mom should not be buying this car. She's 83 years old, buying a new Mazda CX-5. But we cannot talk her out of it. We want to make sure she's in something safe. Yeah. And she, they just wanted all the safety features because mm -hmm. the lady probably shouldn't even be driving, she said. Check all but the boxes, If she's right. going to drive, she's going to be safe. So. And that, that is a big difference across all manufacturers in the last five years. I yep. mean, they went from having very little to now everybody just has everything. It really is, especially for older drivers, my... Uh, my dad can still drive, but he's losing his memory. My stepmom's memory is sharp, but she's losing her vision. So they're not, you know, it's at some point you got to go, yeah. So we started talking about training, and probably immediately for any of those people that are like, wow, maybe this could be for me, immediately started talking about all the features that, yeah. you know, so we're probably. Uh, but that's uh, kind of cool stuff that people can relate is. to, and you can absorb it relatively easy. Nobody's going to ask you compression ratios and, no. you know, is this, you know, all this sort of the, stuff. The other I take that back. Yeah. In the Porsche world, yes, they will. Yeah. I, but that's I, a different answer. The big I think, thing, go ahead. No, well, I think the thing that is the most interesting to me is probably comes back to the people in this business who have success. Yeah. If you like people and you like talking to people and you like engaging with people, you don't have a problem asking them what's important to them and then helping yeah. them figure it out. If you don't, you're probably going to struggle, and you struggle with product knowledge because you start telling them about the turning radius and the cup holder depth. Right. Right. Like, but if you ask them, oh, you know. Man, I sold a lot of Fords with the cup holder depth. I mean, I, I am proud of you for that because that's not something <laughs> that I would have done. Father figure. Yes. The, the other really cool thing, especially sold for new eight people. Cars one month. <laughs> for new people coming in, they've always always got a manager or a teammate helping them out yeah and, and yeah they're never absolutely. left they're never ever left alone as far Correct. as you know if they get into a, a pinch or a jam and they don't know something it's a total total the way we do it total team environment it and customers is. know that and see it all the time they'll make yeah. comments well but, and i talked about the product a, a good deal and now like the other half of that process is we do have some corporate training to allow you to kind of remove yourself from the like oh crap my, i'm with my manager but then they got to go help another person or a customer came in or something like that so we do have like dedicated time to like okay let's talk about process let's learn it let's actually go through it and practice it a little bit together it's kind of the um i do we do you do right 
Go ahead, Andy. Well, you are raising that, your hand? I think it's very the point nice. that you two that have is actually the single it. biggest difference. You know, we were joking earlier about the FNG comments and everything else. Literally, my first day on the lot was, that's where the wolves live. This is where we store the sticks. You figure it out, right? Like, there's nothing there. Now, if you're a new person on my sales floor, I'm literally paying a manager to be on your exact same schedule. Completely and be with you every step of the way i mean you just don't get left to chance we're going to help you through it until you learn and know what to do yeah and it's not that we're nice it's just it's incredibly expensive to, <laughs> to have an untrained person practice on customers i was going to go with nice but yes that is it is but it's a one way to look at it so yeah. the amount of money we spend in marketing to get somebody to come yep. through the door is three three hundred fifty four hundred dollars four hundred plus per yep. person on new cars yes. yeah it's nuts so that's that we're not we are being facetious a little bit, but there's also some truth behind it. It's, it's the old school method is completely stupid. It doesn't you don't you're not you, it's rare that you're going to be successful. I mean, we're the exception rather than the rule. You know, everybody that I started selling cars with, 90% of them didn't make it six months. I mean, that's just crazy. It's and it's a bad customer experience too. Yeah. But it's also really expensive for the dealer. It's just so this is a a much better model in my completely. opinion. Completely. Well, it's a much better model from every aspect, right? It's a much better model for people purchasing the vehicle. Mm -hmm. They don't have to go through the badger rigmarole and popcorn breaks, right? And quite frankly, it's better from an employment standpoint, yeah. right? To actually get a little bit of guidance on how you're supposed to do the job, and you know, with the with the digital lead process and focusing on how do we take somebody that's asking a question and how somebody interested and responding to that and the connection that is easily made from a, this is how I shop. This is how I would want to be responded to if I was looking for something. Right. And now flip that and say, okay, somebody's asking me the question and I, I should respond mm -hmm. as such so that we can, Oh, by the way, if I do that, I'll probably sell them the car, Yeah, you know, because we put so much information online and so many people, um, we, we referenced Will earlier. He's the perfect example. Like he, he almost never will try something out before he buys it. He reads every review there is to read. He reads every description there is to read and then just makes a buying decision and orders it online. Like, you know, actively, I mean, he's owned, I don't know, two or three Subaru Outbacks and bought the newest one Stunning. when it came I out. I figured he was a Camaro guy. No, no. If anything, <laughs> he'd be more of like a more of like an overlander, Toyota 4Runner type thing. But I think the, the logic in him just yeah. can't spend the money I, I, on a 4Runner. I think the other real big thing for people wanting to get in into In defense this, of Will, he's smarter than everybody in this room. Uh, put collectively, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> one thing really important for people thinking about coming into our group, the, the group, is Paul Walzer and Andrew Walzer have always said to me at Different Breakfast, ESI and CSI. Yeah. CSI, customer satisfaction. The first time they said I had no idea what ESI. Does that FNG, ESI? ESI is employee satisfaction. And this is a company that is dialed into employee satisfaction Completely. as much, and maybe even more, than customer satisfaction. Realizing that if you got both things, um, it's a no-brainer at that point. I yeah. can't think of a better place to stop. This has been a great episode, and it was a massive advertisement for Walzer Automotive. <laughs> Can I do if you want to join the plug. team, reach out to me directly at Doug at com, and I'll connect you with one of these people. For and sales positions, we're offering a $1,500 sign-on bonus right now. Last plug, come get a job. It's a great place to be. Is it wow. cash cash? 
<laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, like paycheck cash. We will be, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be back next week here. with a totally different uh, show. An old KQ employee named Peter Bourne is going to be joining us to talk about. Say Frampton. It's Peter a Frampton. really, really interesting journey he's on. He resuscitated an old mega yacht, and he's turned it into a floating recording studio, and he's going to work with vaca- Vacation Bible School students all up and down the Mississippi cool. River. Interesting guy, uh, the leader of the KQ Janitors, for the old KQ listeners that remember that famous rock and roll outfit. Peter will be joining us next Thursday for episode 101 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We'll see you later.